Balling Program is a proud member of the Palava family of podcasts. Check out all the shows over at Palava.com. That's P-A-L-A-V-I.com. I send money to NPR. I support them. I support them philosophically. But it's unlistenable radio. Do you understand me? I send them money so I don't have to listen to them. When, when did conservatives steal rock and roll from us? When did that happen? All the AM stations, nothing but racist, fascist douchebags. All their break music is this blasty-ass gut bucket rock and roll. Bill O'Reilly will play the White Stripes, for God's sakes. Then you turn over to NPR, and their break music is a sad, lonely saxophone <laughs> echoing through a sewer pipe somewhere. When did that happen? So you turn like you're like, next on Bill O'Reilly, why black people smell different. Later on NPR, we'll talk to a woman who makes macrame belts out of old typewriter ribbons. Play some Zeppelin for God's sakes. It's our pledge drive here on NPR, and we have a 20-minute field recording of a tumluku, which is a Bosnian instrument which can only be played when you have a pierced scrotum and three kids who have been killed by a landmine. Pain, 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 kick it, pink it, pain, 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 pain. The Tibetan practice of scream singing rightfully died out in the fourth century BC, but two Berkeley Trust Fund students have revived it, and here's a 40-minute sample. I'm tired of being thankful for scraps. Still, they want us to love them anyway. One day, somebody's gonna have to make a stand. One day, somebody's gonna have to say enough. You get your ass to work and save my country from these cock-sucking Republicans. His horse through town to send those warning shots that uh, we were going to be secure and we were going to be free. Too little, too late, too obvious. Madam, you are a clear and present danger to the safety and security of this nation. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe. In awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No Reveal to us God's will that we may blindly obey. Free us from thought and responsibility. We shall read things off you. Then do them. Your words guide us. We're dumb. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Try and work together. You serious? I just, I just told you that a moment ago. But that's okay. Yeah. Woo. Caught that. Yeah. <laughs> Caught hey. the middle of that sentence. How you doing? Are we recording this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody. It's a show. <laughs> Welcome to episode, um, what, what is it, 177 yes. ish of the yes. Serious Podcast. I am back. For you, it's like 174 or something. Oh, that's not <laughs> cool, man. Wow. If I had feelings, I'd be hurt by that. I doubt it. I don't have a soul. 
Um, anyway, yeah, great show last week. I, I heard up through uh, Victoria Jackson stuff, and then um, I just spent some time listening to you sing, man. That yeah. fucking rocked. Thank you. That was so cool. <laughs> I thought, I thought, um, aside from sitting there and watching it with people, like putting it out there for other people to uh, sarcastically judge on their own. Um, is probably the best way for me to get over my being embarrassed about it. I'd like to think that I'm one of a handful of people in your life that would say it sucked if it sucked. Exactly. All right? Exactly. So, it was terrible. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was it was really good. I, I, I give you a lot of credit. It takes a lot of balls to get up there and do that, and you did it well, man. It, it yeah. wasn't just, oh, you got through it. It was fucking awesome. Well, I that's already, how I saw it. And I, I told you, I do. I, if you can cut me like the... I want the audio. I want MP3. Well, my girls, uh, I, I made a I made a CD for them for a while ago, so we could listen to it in the car, and it has Ring nice. of Fire on it and stuff. Um, the social distortion version, right? So they're listening to it in bed. It starts off with uh, it's it's the most fucked up mixed CD for ever at anybody. <laughs> uh, it's um, we are the champions by by Queen. Yeah. Or no, what's the other one? We are the champ. We will rock you. That's it. Yeah. <sighs> it's that. Followed by the theme from My Neighbor Totoro in Japanese, and then um, something else, and then Ring of Fire and by Social Distortion. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff, Ramstein, you know, all, yeah. all kinds of mixed in with like classical stuff. Um, and I hear them in bed saying to each other, "That not dead singing." <laughs> like, oh, that's nice. I will savor that moment. That's and cool. then when you're 14, I'll play it in the car with your friends, driving them to a dance or something. Exactly. I um, we actually have a uh, we have an open mic night coming up at the uh, at the art center really? on the 20th. So if you want to come and sing, yeah, no. <laughs> no. thanks. Why not? You know what I have been singing along to in the shower though. What uh, I have uh, I have recently uh, rediscovered Pandora. Uh-huh. And um, I have speakers in the bathroom, so I, you know, because I miss having music in the bathroom. The our CD radio thing broke, yeah, and I haven't replaced it in five years. Water damage? No, it's made for the shower. <laughs> it just, it just crapped out eventually. Didn't get crapped on. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. It was in the bathroom, but um, so I, 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 I'm like, okay, well, I don't want a specific genre. I would like music like this. So yeah. I, I have a men at work station. Okay, right. And uh, they play a lot of his acoustic stuff. Okay. And I like the acoustic. I've been singing to that. Oh, that's cool. Probably not great. He hits notes that I can't hit. Yeah. But it's nice. I yeah. like. I like the. I first heard. We first heard him on um, Scrubs. Really? He, yeah, he didn't. He was on a. I can't remember the lead singer's name, but he was on an episode of Scrubs, and he was singing a little bit here and there. And he's the acoustic versions of the songs are good. Cool. So, but I will not sing those. Yeah. Either. No. Nice job. <laughs> So anyway, um, happy new year, everybody, since I'm back now. And, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, well, you did the, you did it before new year's. So my did new I? year's, yeah, you did. Oh yeah. Yeah. My new year's was, um, I mean, since I didn't work Christmas or Christmas Eve or okay. the day after Christmas, yeah. um, I worked all day, both new year's Eve and new year's ah. day. So, which is fine. Cause it's nothing. Yeah. And so, um, but it was uh, so I got home New Year's Eve, and it was my wife, the baby, and the two little ones were upstairs huddled around an iPad, watching Hook of all things. Interesting. And yeah, 
And then downstairs, Olivia was watching old Bones episodes with a friend of hers who was sleeping over huh. with um, Apple TV. Julie got me Apple TV for Very Christmas. Nice. I was so fucking surprised, <laughs> really, because I had asked for it. And, <laughs> and I got it. No, and I never get what I ask for. Married folks, you know what I mean? So, um, But no, it's just like one of those things. I mean, we're so fucking piss poor. It's just I'm like, why did you do this? We, You should not have, you know. Um, so that was really, really nice. Right, right. Uh, and then really, it, was, it was nice to be surprised, I think, is probably yeah. the biggest thing because, you know, it's just, you know, it's all one big bucket of money. So it's hard to surprise yeah. her. So um, so that was really, really cool. And then um, over vacation, um, we started watching Lost with the kids. Oh, nice. Which is really- All of them or the older ones? All of them, actually. Wow. Yeah, Lily- What's Frankie think of it? Frankie thinks- Fuck the polar bears. just like, fuck this. Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Where's Blue? <laughs> I need some clues. Um, so- it was it was really really good. Cole is really Cole picks up on little things. Yeah. Olivia's really really picks up on some stuff. Nice. Um and um it was nice to go back and watch it knowing that I, you know, having seen the whole series. Lily got nervous a couple of like at okay. one one thing in like the first I think it was the first episode. Yeah. Um which sort of turned her off a little bit so um I was getting into the habit of Whatever like episode we were going to watch, yeah. I would watch it like the night before. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if we watched like two episodes, all of us together, right? When I went to bed, I would just you know go uh, and like watch it overnight. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just so I could tell Lily this is what it's about, and then uh, this might be a little nervous. So okay. Lily knew what was coming. All right. So all right. and so she was cool with it. So that's good. Um. And it was nice. It was our own little secret because then she was happy that she knew what was going on before it happened. So, gotcha. Um, yeah. So nice. Apple TV is pretty neat. Explain it to me. I know nothing about it. it. Basically what it does is this little box you attach to your TV. Right. And it'll take um, – you can stream the movies from your computer. Uh-huh. Um, you can get your Netflix, your so, – I mean everything that I'm saying is stuff that you do already like okay. through – Okay. Your Xbox or whatever. But like if you don't have one of those. Yes, exactly. Okay. I mean, I could get Netflix through the Wii, right. but that's cumbersome. Um, but you can also, okay. you know, look at YouTube stuff. I can sit here. And what I really, really like about it is when I look at pictures on my phone, there's a little icon that'll pop up. Let me see if it'll still pop up if I'm not in the vicinity of... No, it doesn't actually. That's funny. Um, but a little icon will pop up, and I can just press the little icon. And without any configuration or anything, it just starts putting the pictures oh, up okay. on the TV. Okay. The same thing with you know music. If right. I have it on my phone, I can just oh, okay. throw it onto the you know, it'll come out gotcha. of the TV. Stuff like that. Um, so it's it's kind of neat. I nice. liked it. So. There, was a, there was an update for the Xbox uh, a week ago, two weeks yeah. ago. I don't remember. I just automatically did it. And um, – now you can access YouTube yeah. through the Xbox. Yeah, we can do that on Apple TV. Which is really nice because I was watching the Hobbit trailer, like nice high def. Yeah. Like it's, it streams beautifully. Yeah. Um, and they're going to add, Comcast is going to add on. So if you have a Comcast account, you can log in and do all of their on-demand stuff through the Xbox. Yeah, no, that's like, cool. I'm like, oh, all right. I'm still not paying for Hulu Plus because I have all these other fucking options. Right, yeah. But... Um, I I can appreciate what Xbox is doing. I like the PlayStation's interface for Netflix more. 
Yeah. Um, but the Xbox really is trying and pushing to be the center of your entertainment. Yeah. And they're they're not doing a bad job. Apple TV is great. I can use the remote app that I have on my phone. For I have it, remote, which is, and I can which control is, my computer with it. Yeah, yeah which is great for um, – I like better than the remote that they gave me, which is just like this thin, slim oh, thing. Okay. Like going through when I want to search for something. Right, right. It doesn't – there's like – you know, it sucks going through the letters. Right. Um, but I can just – you know, a keyboard pops up on my phone or the iPad. Yeah. And we can just do it that way. So that's kind of cool. Good. Um, yeah. So um, that's been that's been really neat. Nice. Um, I saw movies. Okay. Over the break. Yeah. Some really good stuff. All right. Let me, uh, let me get comfortable here. All right. Because uh, I don't think I've watched anything new or worth talking about. We saw Tintin. Okay. Fucking you were supposed fantastic. to tell me after you saw it what you thought. Fucking of it. fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm telling you now. All right. It was awesome. It was so good. The motion capture was not all weird, polar, expressy. Yeah, they, their eyes move. They have yeah, their eyes move, and bit, yeah. it was it was like they weren't trying to be lifelike, but they were kind of like lifelike cartoons. That's you know that's what I mean? the thing. I've seen a couple pictures here and there where I do a double take, but then you see like that captain dude. Yeah, it's like oh, he's yeah, a, he's a caricature. But Tintin so, is almost human, almost. But yeah, he's. He's on the cusp of Uncanny Valley without, yeah. without being fucking creepy. Right. And the movie was great. It was it was 100 miles an hour. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. That's good. And I can't wait for the sequel. I can't huh. wait for them to crank out more because it's a fun. Good. It, it was fun. I'll, I'll get around to that eventually. Um, <laughs> what else did I see? I saw a young adult. Okay, I'm, kind of, I'm curious about that. I like her because it was really good. Because I just rewatched all the episodes with her on um, Arrested, Arrested Development. Arrested Development, yeah. I had no idea she was that funny. Yeah, I, and I'm going to tell did. you, she's great. The movie is fantastic. It's not the feel good movie of the winter. No, she's I can't an imagine it would bitch. be. She starts a bitch. In the middle, she's a bitch. She ends it a bitch. Okay, and I think it's great because the cynical part of me, which is you know. The awake the, part. The 100% part of right. you. <laughs> People don't fucking change like that, like the snap of a finger. No. no. So she was kind of miserable. She was yeah. an asshole. And she remained an asshole throughout the whole the whole thing. Interesting. But it's a, it's a good story. Patton Oswalt was fucking awesome. I just watched some of his stand-up the other day. Yeah, I've been listening to some of his stuff on uh, um, Pandora. Yeah, I typed in George Carlin. No, oh, okay. On Pandora, and I got all this stuff: Louis C.K., Pat yeah. Oswald. It's all. It's all like Pandora's pretty fucking smart. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was really good. What else did I see? I saw. The fuck was it? Oh, Olivia and I watched Scott Pilgrim again. <laughs> oh, okay. And she really loved it. She's been asking me. She's yeah. been after me for a while to watch it. So, um, that was like our first like movie through uh, the apple tv from my computer oh, it streamed nicely which nice. was which was good so um that was that was fun that's a great movie i actually watched that like two days ago so yeah and it's one of those things that i catch little stuff every time i've seen it probably six times now yep. and it's yep. just you catch little stuff all there's the time. a lot of little stuff i yeah. mean that's that movie was it, it there was no mass audience for it right it's there's a just, com- it's a true no comic way. book movie yeah. Yeah, but it it's a it's a it's it's as underground as a mainstream movie can get. Yeah. It it was just tough. Or that's, it's that's, as that's mainstream a, as an underground movie could get. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough sell. 
I mean, I watched it again, and it's the, like main ground. The whole understream. The whole the, the visual styling of it, and the self-referential, you know, and self-deprecating yeah. humor and everything. Scott knows exactly how long ago his last haircut was. <laughs> it was devastating. Um, yeah, that was really good. Mm-hmm. I saw um, Mission Impossible. Okay. Fucking awesome. Huh. Really, really great. I'm. Yeah. I haven't seen what was the, what was the, was it three? Doesn't was fucking it, matter. That, no, is that the name of like the the number for the last this is f- the one before? Yeah, this is four. I haven't seen three or four. Don't I, this is four? I stopped at two. Yeah, and you know what though? It was this was a great ride, and it's one of those things where not only was it really really fun, yeah. I wanted to see it even more because Brad Bird directed it. It's okay. his first live action. You know, he did um, Iron Giant. He right, did The right. Incredibles, and it's really great to see someone that you really like doing something different really well. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's great that he's been successful here, and I hope that they let him do another one. This was awesome. It was a fucking, just a, a, another great action movie. Mm. I mean, I lit, I had my popcorn. I was just, oh, shoving in my face because <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It right. was some really, really, really cool stuff. Good. Um, and I saw a girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. yeah, that's that's getting mixed reviews. Like it was more awesome. mixed than I thought it would be. You know, it was great. It I was don't doubt fantastic. That. What are people saying negative about it? I don't honestly because I, I haven't. I read have it not read a thing about it because about it. I haven't. I haven't read the book. I haven't watched the other movie, the original version. Yeah. I haven't seen this one. I'm just. It I, was I am, really. Good. I am as far removed from it as possible. I have read all the books. I have seen all the Swedish. Versions of the movies, the, the Sweden versions, yeah, the Sweden ones, the suede ones. Yeah. So, um, and this was this was great. They're both good. It's you know a yeah. different telling of the same story, but everyone was absolutely awesome. That's it good. looked really good. It didn't look like an Americanized version of this Swedish movie. It looked very okay. European. Yeah. Um, it was great. It was so good. I was really. I can't wait for uh, for the next two. Good. So that's uh so yeah, that's all I've seen. All right. I watched <laughs> uh I watched Clerks Two again the other day and I realized something about it. What? You watch the first clerks. Uh huh. And who's the douchebag in the first clerks? What do you mean who's the douchebag? Well, when we were that age we that we were watching the first clerks. Uh huh. Who did you more identify with? Randall. Right. <laughs> Because everybody wanted to be Randall. I love Randall. Right? Randall was the the cool guy. He didn't give a shit. Fuck everybody. Customer service. Go screw yourself. All that stuff. Right? Now, 20 years later. Yeah. Right? I'm listening to to it. And aside from Dante, like, cheating on his fiance. Yeah. He wants to grow up and be responsible and, you know, be an adult and have a life and, like, be who he is. Right. I I was listening to it and I was thinking, wow, most people go from being Randall or wanting to or or appreciating his sarcastic tone to being a mix of the two in their 30s to eventually being Dante in the end. But then there's those people that are Jay and Silent Bob and they're always (laughs) that way. And I thought it was really interesting because Randall's the one trying to hold on to what used to be. Yeah. Yeah. But he makes it work in the end yeah. by being responsible. Huh? Yeah. How about that? Randall grew up in that. Fucking responsibility. I thought it was a very interesting, like, ego, super ego, id type of 
Well, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Mm. Um, I think that it was it it was very uh-huh. sort of symbolic of where Kevin Smith kind of is. You know, he's grown up somewhat as a filmmaker. Somewhat yes. as a filmmaker, yeah. And as I, a promoter or self promoter, yeah. Not so much. Don't complain about. I hate people that complain about critics. I mean, you know critics are out there. If you know the critics are going to make fun of the shit you do, don't fucking make Cop Out. Right. And then don't complain about Cop it. Cop Out, though, still is... Cop Out is his highest grossing movie. Which is sad. It is. It's, it's the only movie of his that I could not finish. Really? Nope. I have zero interest. There was nothing funny about I it. Th- you know, I kind of I kind of liked it. And I didn't like it because it was a Kevin Smith movie because it right. wasn't a Kevin Smith movie. It was a movie yeah. directed by Kevin Smith. I, it just seemed like Bruce Willis was like bored of all of it. Yeah. And while well, they didn't get along throughout the whole production. Yeah. So, and it showed. And that yeah. kind of turned me off to the um, whole thing. But I I'm thought like, Tracy Jordan was a riot. Well, he's, I thought Tracy he, Jordan was great. This crazy scene, no matter what. There's a scene in the car where the... What the fuck is that three-named fucker in the back? Yeah. Um, so he's yeah. in the back, and he's telling a knock-knock joke, and it's just driving Tracy Jordan crazy, and he's looking at Bruce Willis. He's just like, don't... You know, the dude in the back has said, knock-knock. <laughs> he's just like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't say it. Don't do it. And Bruce Willis just goes, who's there? <laughs> Why did you do it? Why did you do it? It's just I just thought it was really really funny. Right. I, I I mean for what it is, you know, it's a it's a bad buddy cop movie. Yeah, but he could have done so much with it. Like you you take you take parodies because I I kind of feel that's what he was going for, like a parody of the buddy but cop you, but thing you while trying to make it make it real at the same. time. He was time. just a hired gun for this. He didn't write it. Yeah, you know. So you know he had a lot. I. I from what I see, knowing kind of his other stuff and listening to him a whole bunch, mm. it's as though it's just like he probably had a lot more input from others. So it's like, yeah, you can do this. Probably. No, you can't. Don't, don't, you don't make this like, you know, because it's, it's sort of a one, like his, like I said, it's his highest grossing movie. It's his most mainstream movie, for lack of a better word, you know, because you could put it up there on a shelf with, just in terms of content, certainly not quality, like, you know, the other 48 guys. hours yeah. or the other guys. Yeah, or, I don't think it stands up to a 48 hours, running but it's scared you know, same or, genre, yeah. Running Scared, I actually caught recently. It was pretty fucking funny. Huh. I haven't but seen I mean, as a director, don't, years. I mean, you have options. I mean, don't you? Or does that just show that he doesn't work well with others? I don't know. I just think it shows that um, he would rather direct stuff that he wrote well, yeah, I mean, I could, I could do a shitty job on somebody else's script to yeah. prove a point too. But I think that some <laughs> of it, yeah. It, but I think part of it is, you know, it's you. You don't have you, if you haven't created these characters, you haven't created this, you haven't created that world. I think that then was going to be a little right. Those those characters weren't created; they were just stamped out of exactly a, of, a, mean, of a cookie sheet. They were what, they were bland it it, it it was and i blame more the script it, it's it's not a great script it's mm. not a great story you know yeah it's it's a series of kind of things that happen yeah you know around this let's chase down this baseball card but then you you look at, at something like hot fuzz where it's like okay well 
they understand the genre and they knew it and right. They but made there are a guys good who are, action movie out of a out of basically a parody. But you've also got this collaboration where it's you've got Simon Pegg and Nick Frost yeah. are in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then their good buddy directs it. Yeah. And they all, you know, work on it to get, you know, it's just like, yeah. you know, it, it, it's like, okay, we're, we're in this from the, from, from the ground up. Well, what was the problem that Bruce Willis had with him? I just, or he the, didn't, the, 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 he the just, two of them, you know, thought that Kevin Smith was stoned the whole time. And, um, well, he might have been, who knows? Based on his um, podcasts. Hmm. But, um, it it I just think it was a you know clash of personalities and stuff like that. Who knows? Yeah, you know. Ah well, uh, whatever. Who cares, right? Um, <laughs> on to Jersey Girl. <laughs> just, I have never seen that one. You know what? Then don't grow it because you know what? It was not as terrible as people give it credit for. It's not. I would say it's not even as bad as Kevin Smith himself <laughs> says it is. Because I watched it, and I'm like. Okay, it's a little a little cookie cutter, but it's not yeah. bad. Yeah, I just yeah. Mm. yeah. So I would I would I would watch it if for no other reason than to legitimately be able to trash it. <laughs> Seriously, there's so many other movies I can watch instead that I right. can trash. You know, what was really funny the other night. I I, I went upstairs and Julie was watching. Um, she was flipping through channels and the baby's trying to fall asleep, so she stopped on one of the Twilight movies. Yeah, and. I, I sort of stood there, and she's like, you're not watching this with me. I go, no, 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 I'm leaving. I got to go do anything else. I said, <laughs> but I'm having trouble not laughing. She says, why? I said, because I've seen so many parodies of this yeah. that for a split second, I was just like, for a split second, I was just like, wow, she really looks like Kristen Stewart. <laughs> or Kristen Stewart's in a skit. Because like, they're in this really, really intense moment, and I wanted yeah. to laugh my fucking head off. You know what though? I uh, she's like leave the room. <laughs> I have a I have a hard time trashing Twilight. First, I mean, I don't think it deserves my attention because they're not written for me. I'm not a 14-year-old girl trying to be warned off sex, you know. <laughs> um I don't need to be preached at from a, by a Mormon. Um I understand that all boys want to do is fuck shit. Yeah, but it's pretty simple. I don't need a story about poorly conceived vampires and shirtless werewolves to tell me that. It's so, and I'm not making fun of you. Don't make fun of me. I make fun. I don't think no, you're no. making fun of me. I mean, it's just so far outside of stuff I give a shit about. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like getting mad about stuff that happens on General Hospital. You know, oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> Because it's like Ice Princess. What the fuck? I'm still mad about that. Twenty years later, I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> That's about. That's okay. Some people do, and you know who you are. But I'm like, I, I look through some stuff on Facebook, and it's like somebody will post something, and I'm like, you know, I could reply to that, but I don't give a shit. I really don't. Well, what, what bugs me is that not so much even bugs, or just sort of makes me cringe a little bit mm -hmm. is the um, a the fact that it makes so much. Fucking well, money. there's nothing else out okay. there for lonely housewives and 14-year-old girls. <sighs> so there's that. It bothers me that it because it's making a lot of money, some people will equate that with quality. Titanic. Um, mm. so, Avatar? Yeah. 
So um, that bothers me. Plus, like I said, if you're going to use it, and I've said this a thousand times, and some of you who are sick of it can tune out for 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, if you're going to use a certain plot device like vampires, yeah. I'm sorry, there are rules. The, you know what? You to, know, to a certain point, you're going to have I, a I car chase. You, yeah. You're going to have a car chase. There are rules. At least one woman with a baby carriage needs to get out of the way just in time. Okay? <laughs> right? Well, that's if it's a 70s car chase. <laughs> yes. yes. Right? Yeah. If it's an 80s car chase, it has to be boxes full of lettuce on the corner yeah. <laughs> as they come out of the alley. And if it's a 90s, it's them hitting those barrels, barrier things. That yeah, with all the water coming up. In of slow motion. <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw Terminator 2. <laughs> I also watched Bad Boys. Oh, my God. What the fuck have I been doing? I haven't been editing my zombie movie. That's what uh, I haven't been doing. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. That, I think that is what gets a lot of, uh, definitely a lot of the horror fans up in arms is the uh, being out in the daylight, sparkling, no fangs. That kind are of you stuff. talking about the vampires in Twilight or the horror movie fans themselves oh. coming out? <laughs> but the funny thing is when you tell people, oh, you know what? Well, Bella Lugosi didn't have fangs in Dracula. Well, that shit don't matter. Well, yeah, it does. There's a precedent. It was the second vampire but, but movie. There, but there's a thing. It's... Was he out in the day? No. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Wasn't out in the day. Turned into a fucking bat, which is awesome. It is bat, mist, wolf, yeah. rat. Those are the, the four things. But, right. then, but then every vampire thing, like Near Dark, takes it in a different direction. And John Carpenter's vampires, they have to sleep in the earth. There's no coffins. Okay. Um, And, and it's all different. I mean, but... I mean, at least the fucking Cullens drank blood, I guess. Yes, vampire yeah, family fucking... playing baseball is kind of weird. Yeah. but And it's I got to tell you, the thing that bothers me the most is the fucking outside shit, mm. okay? And the bedazzled shit, okay? It's like, come on. This is one. Even if, if you follow <laughs> one fucking rule, they can't be outside during the day. See, I, I was, I was, I've always been a big supporter of... Um, setting up your own rules in a way and here's why when i watched the uh new nightmare which was the the uh oh shit we fucked up freddy krueger so bad we got to start over again yeah um when he came into the real world he had a different glove he had a different mythology behind him because it was the real freddy krueger at that point he was a a gin and evil spirit and all that so all of the, the weaknesses that the movies claimed he had did, weren't real. They didn't happen. They were made up so that everybody could feel safe and comfortable. Now, granted, the Twilight vampires are not threatening whatsoever. But if you're going to... Only if they want your hair products. Well, that's true. But if you're going to function in, in, in... And I have not read the books. And my wife barely got through half of a book before she said that's the stupidest fucking shit I've <laughs> and she blasts through books like she could have finished yeah. the first one with with no problem um it was that with aragon too she tried reading that she's like this is this is star wars this is terrible yeah and we didn't watch the movie either um and she read hunger games and she's like that girl's a moron <laughs> like, yes yes she is uh as the movie gets closer i'm sure we'll talk a little more about yeah. hunger games um, I can't stand the girl. 
Katniss. The I, I real no the, oh, the, the, character, the character. I really I hope read she about was a gonna third die. of the first one. Like she's just maybe not even a third. She's just getting into the capital city at the beginning. Yeah, I went. I did the audiobooks while I was yeah. at work because I can I can work and listen at the same time. Obviously, that's why I would do that. And uh, but anyway, back to it. It's like if you're gonna change them, have them sparkle, have that reflect the sunlight so it doesn't damage the tissue. Okay, fine. But I don't even know if that's the case. But I'll be honest, if if I was going to write a story about real vampires, um, first of all, their brows wouldn't change. There would be no physical transformation. Because that, that shit always bugged me. That Buffy fucking forehead shit uh, yeah. always bugged the shit out of me. It's like, what is the point of that? Yeah. Oh, you're ferocious now. The fangs are a fucking hint. <laughs> you, you look like a bad Klingon. That yeah, that always kind of bugged me. It's like they got the throwaways <laughs> from Next Generation. <laughs> like I can understand Salem's lot where he looks like Nosferatu and he's got the rat teeth and the bald head and stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But the the physical transformation—it's like so fast. I can understand a werewolf get hurts. It's painful to do. You know, you don't want to do it. So, yeah, but what was I getting at? What was my point? Because I don't no even idea. fucking know. Um, I like... Fucking hell. I don't even know. Setting up your own rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some that are done really well. Like, I like the ones in Daybreakers. They were like normal people. Vampires are like, not the folklore ones, but like the literary ones are normal dudes. You know, it's Sam Neill in a suit, running a business. Um, what was it? There was uh, Stephen King, and did you? This quote's probably come up before. He um, he made a comment or the, a comparison between like the Harry Potter books and the Twilight books. Yeah, where it's for those of you who haven't heard it yet, it's you know Harry Potter is about friendship and loyalty, and you know the power of love and all that, and Twilight is about how important it is to have a boyfriend. Yeah. It kind of sums it up. Yep. As like the other quote that I that I uh, that I that I saw that's uh the Disney movies taught girls how to be princesses, Harry Potter taught girls how to be warriors. <laughs> like all right. That's good. There I mean Harry Potter's still written for kids, but there's more depth to it. I mean, they're not afraid to go a little dark. And I'll tell you, Harry Not po- that the last Twilight movie wasn't dark for exploitation shock's sake, but I think that the Harry Potter stuff was smart in how it grew up with its first audience. It really did. Yeah. Yeah, if you no, st- that was great. Yeah, and if, if you-, you start your kid reading them at the right age, yeah. then they're going to grow basically along first with year. Yeah. Well, I mean, Lily's already last year Lily read the first one. Yeah. <laughs> well, how old is she now? She's 7. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's probably what we'll end up doing. <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, I remember now. So if you're if, if you're gonna bring, like in Twilight, if you're gonna bring characters into the real world, I thought it would always be interesting to um, strip some of the shit away from vampires, like the the man made stuff, the 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 fake shit that that gives them weaknesses, like crosses, yeah. which they did in Fright Night. They do right. it in a whole bunch of other movies where. It's either you have to have faith or I'm not Catholic or whatever. You know, that's a bunch of crap. Um, silver, which they, they use in True Blood, which yep. I appreciate. Um, roses, actually. They don't really? like roses. Yeah. That's 
whatever. Get rid of that shit. Uh, can't cross running water. That's an interesting. That's from Dracula. Yeah, from the uh, from Stoker's Dracula, I think. Um, not being invited in. Yeah, I mean that's just to make you feel better. So you know, mm. like oh, I think that dude's a vampire. You can't come in. Okay, I'm going to bed. But I, I when I watched the new Fright Night, the 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 remake there. Colin Farrell actually plays around with the with the doorway really well. He like he's like he wants to test it. He wants to touch and see what happens, and like because he's just definitely not being invited in. Yeah. Um, but he gets around it pretty cleverly. I was I was pretty impressed. But yeah, there's there's ways to do it, and I don't see. I don't think that Stephanie Myers owes vampire fans anything. She. Whatever. Anne Rice changed vampires. You know? Not fundamentally, but she changed them enough. They didn't sparkle. No. Oh, but that so scene, what? That Who cares? scene where he like runs in the fucking woods and opens his shirt to the sun. It's just like it's But just the so thing is horrible. Does it really matter? That's the thing that kills no, me I mean, about Jesus. I mean, the existence <laughs> of that isn't gonna cure or worsen cancer. No, but, but you would think by the way some people have this like like acid spewing vitriol for the series it's like come on there are so many worse things to get worked up about like this like the am- mighty ducks oh part three like oh, this terrible. american version of akira that they're gonna make come on now they uh they put it on hold uh they have all american actors in this japanese story <laughs> but uh they put it on hold because they're trying to reduce the budget again basically akira this giant epic sweeping manga yeah is going to be reduced to a fucking sci-fi movie you, of the week. I saw that. I saw Akira. Yeah. And the only thing I remember about it is the color red was very prominent. Yes. There's a great deal of fast motorcycle riding. Yes. And screaming. Yep, yep. And don't forget the teddy bear bleeding milk. No idea. I have no fucking <laughs> recollection of that. I have no idea what the story is. Yeah. I don't. Well, no. even the even the anime is boiled down from like hundreds of hundreds upon hundreds of pages of the actual story. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot more to it. Excuse me. Why don't we do a break and then we'll come back and we'll do actual like news shit and stuff. All right, All right be right back.
All right, I'm here with Bill Byforce and Mr. Chris to tell you a little bit about Outside the Cinema. All right, Reverend Scott, take uh, us to church. Uh, what can we expect to find from a typical show? Two hours of just random blabber. <laughs> uh, is there anyone's coattails you rode in on to popularity? I'm the guy that fucking burns the coattails and then pisses on them. You review all these exploitation, <laughs> horror, comedy, cult, and often all-around terrible movies. You must have a strong driving force that keeps you going. Ego. <laughs> I don't know if I've heard you say that before. Uh, yeah, I've been saying that for a while. Really? I have been saying that for a while. Also, I'm high on smack. Well, it's definitely working for you guys. <laughs> People are coming out in droves to support you on iTunes. We just the other day got a, a, a one-star review on iTunes. Well, that is one That is one star too many. <laughs> Let me tell you. The worst fucking piece of shit I've ever heard. This has been great, guys. Thanks, God. Ugh. That was good. Oh, he's got you crying over there. Uh, I'm good for the rest of the year. Nice. That was too much. The Inside Outcast podcast features the dark track of the week. One song selected from the dark underground. From ethereal and gothic rock to industrial and future pop. Dark Track of the Week, just one more reason to listen to the podcast where Geek Meets Goth. When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? Are you fed up with movies where giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off? Yeah, me too. That's why I do Paleo Cinema Podcast, a podcast for films more than 20 years old. So if you think that Sid Charisse is a guy and that Myrna Loy is a kind of metal, you need Paleo Cinema Podcast. Go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favor.
Okay. So I had a thing on the Facebook group here that I listed as top story of the week. I just need to find it because so much stuff gets posted in here. Bam. Top story of the week right here. You're going to love this. Yeah. I, um, I heard you calling out for that in the last show. What? Um, asking folks to sort of say, hey, what is the most popular story of 2011? Oh, yeah. No, this is different. This is like from this year. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't gone through and done any of that other stuff. So. Oh, this one. I saw this. I, I saw this somewhere. <laughs> Edward L. Brown. Chicago man strips naked during chipmunk screening. This is from January 4th, my wife's birthday. Hey, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's because she's barely ever on Facebook and she didn't put in her information. Oh. In uh, as if there weren't enough reasons to avoid the new album in the Chipmunks movie, you can now add perverts <laughs> and deviants to the list. That's awesome. On December 29th, moviegoers got more than they paid for when Chicago resident Edward L. Brown, 34, was arrested for stripping naked and exposing himself to families and children in attendance of a matinee screening of Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked. Let me ask you, before we get into the article here, if somebody stood up in front of your children and started taking their clothes off, you just how long would it take you to knock his ass out? Um, I got to tell you, at that point, I'm going to think that this dude is fucking crazy. And quite honestly, I'm just going to walk up. I'm just sort of going to get my kids out of there is what I'm going to do. Okay. Yeah, I probably would too. Okay. <laughs> Although it'd be nice to think that you just walk up and you're like, because, no, but, but because, yeah, I mean, you, we'd all love to, Yeah. you know, but you know, who knows? I mean, maybe he's got the willies and he's going to take his coat off. <laughs> or maybe you punch him in the face as hard as you can and he laughs at you and bites your neck off. Exactly. Or, you know, then he falls, he bangs his head and then I get sued. I mean, yeah, not for nothing, but he wouldn't get much. But <laughs> Roughly 30 minutes into the movie's 4 p.m. screening at the North Riverside Park Mall's Classic Cinemas Theater, Brown reportedly got up from his seat in the front row, turned around to face the crowd, and stretched out his arms, displaying his genitalia. He then sat back down to enjoy the rest of the movie. All right. Wow. See... <laughs> All you say is, <laughs> you just make fun of the size of his junk. It's like wow. until he leaves. Here's a Mike and Ike. Don't get it confused with your dick. Oh, <laughs> that's just oh, look I, at those raisinets. <laughs> oh, two officers patrolling the North Riverside Mall responded to the scene within a couple of minutes. They ordered Brown to put his clothes on and immediately escorted him through the fire entrance away from theater goers. There were roughly eighty-six people in attendance that day including mostly children. I don't think you need the word including. I think it could have been, there were roughly 86 people in attendance that day, mostly children. That makes more sense, right? Yeah. Shortly after the incident, the theater manager stopped the film and told the audience he would offer refunds or vouchers for any other show to people in attendance. I'll tell you, I would have wanted... Uh, but it's not his fault. Exactly. It's not the theater's fault. It's not the theater's fault at all. But you know that's how people react. Exactly. And, uh, but it's it is the theater ma- the manager on duty's job to um, make sure that they leave with a positive experience, right. regardless of whatever crazy fucks in the theater. <laughs> According to the Riverside Brookfield Landmark, 
That must be a newspaper. The police report says Brown told officers he had been let inside the theater for free by an unknown woman who allegedly told him to sit in the front row of the theater, strip down naked, and wait for her so they could do heroin, cocaine, and have sex during the Chipmunks movie. Wow. All I can think of is that scene in Parks Parks and Recreations where they do the Jones gotcha. (laughs) All All I can think of is Joey Sockbelt walking in with a BB gun. Jesus. Police charged Brown with three felony counts of sexual exploitation of okay, children. Three? Aged four, six, and six. There must have been kids like right yeah. in front of him. Um, and added one count of sexual exploitation of a minor aged 14 and one count of disorderly conduct. The last two charges are both misdemeanors. Brown will appear in court on January 9th at a Maybrook courthouse. Brown's bail has been set at $100,000. How do you like them apples? <laughs> Those aren't apples. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, this was posted twice. Let's do the flow chart for choosing your religion. Okay. Now, we'll do it on it. No, no, get back. Get back. Oh. I will read them so it's funnier. Okay. laugh more. Okay. Do it honestly first. Okay. Okay. How many gods do you want to worship? None. Are you rich and insane? No. Be an atheist. Okay. Now, we'll just take it in any direction, okay? The options for how many gods is a ton of them, only one, or none. How many gods do you want to worship? One. How do you feel about bacon? Um, it's either I, meh or I love bacon. Love bacon. Are you a naturally annoying person? Uh, I've been told yes. Do you think you can wear magical underwear? No. Be a Jehovah's Witness. All right. How many gods do you want to worship? Two. So that's a ton of them. Okay. <laughs> do you want to be reincarnated? Yes. Do you own a black cat? Yes. Be a Wiccan. Cool. How many gods do you want to worship? Tons of them. Do you want to be reincarnated? No. Follow the Mayan religion. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do two more. Okay. How many gods do you want to worship? One. You, I mean, you, none. You, okay, none. Are you rich and insane? Yes. Be a Scientologist. <laughs> How many gods do you want to worship? What was that? I don't know. Um, let's say the gods I want to worship. Uh, one. How do you feel about bacon? Eh. How do you feel about hummus? Eh. Be a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> so, what if I love hummus? Be a Muslim. Oh, all right. So um, under do you own a black cat, if you said no, no, the options are do you prefer Indian takeout or Chinese takeout? Indian is be a Hindu. Chinese is be a Buddhist. And obviously, if you think underwear can be magical, you should be a Mormon. Huh. That's all of them. Oh, wait, wait. How many gods do you want to worship? One. How do you feel about bacon? I love bacon. Are you a naturally annoying person? No. Be a boring, generic Christian. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That's the whole flow chart. We took care of that. Uh, uh, did I close my Facebook page? I did. Oh, well. Um, I want to play this clip from Jon Stewart here. Okay. Uh, Jon Stewart on CNN's Iowa Holograms. <laughs> I have a new cable set up here, so it might be a little bit loud. We'll see. Oh, it's an ad. Mute. So I needed to pull the um, the red and white AV cable off. Yeah. So I, I used 
two of the three input and uh, two of the three things from a component video cable, and it sounds nice when I tested it. I don't know how it's going to sound when we put the show up, but. And I have the video, the audio coming in through an XLR cable now instead of just a regular like audio jack thing, so the sound should be better. But anyway, let's get back to this. Wonderful display of enthusiasm. My name is John Stewart. Our guest tonight, the author Elizabeth Dowling Taylor of. Wow. Such a hard name to pronounce. I don't know why uh, they can't just cut past this stuff. But obviously, tonight we're going to be dealing with Iowa and uh, our up to the minute coverage of all the you already know. I will be the first one to express how absurdly overcovered and hyped the Iowa caucuses are. It is essentially one non-delegate binding straw poll in a state wildly unrepresentative of America. That being said, watching Iowans gather in gymnasiums to stuff handwritten paper ballots into repurposed Christmas gift boxes was <laughs> such a pure, low-tech expression of civic democracy as to neutralize any reflexive East Coast big city elitist sneer, I would like to drizzle all over it like so much raspberry balsamic vinaigrette. <laughs> I want to <laughs> on this, but it's kind of beautiful. The entire Iowa process seems like an historical reenactment and yet shocks you with its simplicity. You're like flooded with an almost archetypal sense memory of a bygone era. It's like walking into a, a house in this day and age and they've got a fire going in this weird pit and you're like, what's that? And they're like, it's wood. And you're like, but it's burning. And they're like, yeah, but it's a, it's a fireplace. And you're like, but where are the gas jets and the remote? You know, like, I really think the Iowa caucuses are one of the few events in our civic life where it would be instructive to just allow it to play out in real time in front of the cameras because it gives us a deeper understanding of our connection to our representative democracy. How do you think CNN will that up? <laughs> Check out these little guys. Imagine they're Iowa Republicans. They're showing up for caucuses. They're like Fisher Price Look at this. He's supposed to be representative of Mitt Old Romney. Style, He's though. going to yeah. the front of the room to promote his candidate. The caucus goers get a chance to vote. Uh, they can write it down on a piece of paper. Yeah, they have a telephone. They can make a call and give the results of that caucus. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? There are rooms in 99 counties and are filled with real people demonstrating the real thing that you are trying to explain. And you have cameras. Why the cybernetic, multicolored... Featureless dildo people. <laughs> For God's sakes, this is why people really not that fond of CNN at times. But after six hours of mostly unnecessary coverage, actual caucus results began to trickle in. The two biggest losers last night, summertime Iowa straw poll winner Michelle Bachman and Texas stereotype Rick Perry, who continues to be one of my favorite candidates for his completely unjustified enthusiasm in the face of a fifth-place ass-kicking. Yeah! Kids are awesome. All right. Hey, brother. Oh, man, my house, thank you, man. You and Ruth were awesome. What's up, everybody? I spent a load of money in Iowa. Didn't get a whole lot of votes. What's up? <laughs> I had a hell of a time. I got to tell you, I think my campaign might be dead in the water, but our hotel in Des Moines was cool and <laughs> <laughs> The food was great. The maids folded the ends of the toilet paper and liked a fan shape. I, 
I felt guilty wiping my hindquarters with it, to be honest with you. <laughs> this place puts the rad and radisson, is what I'm saying. <laughs> By the way, I got crushed. <laughs> For Michelle Bachman, her sixth place finish was absolutely reflected in her somber concession. But as always, there was one silver, some would say, lame lining. <laughs> I must thank my wonderful husband of 33 years, Marcus Bachman. And yesterday when we were out on Main Street in Des Moines, uh, he was buying doggy sunglasses for our dog, Boomer, while we were out visiting all of the many businesses. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, look at the face he is making. The only sound you can make when your mouth is shaped that way is <laughs> Which I guess roughly translates to, I'm sorry I ruined your campaign with my completely heterosexual devotion to dog accessories. <laughs> Although to be fair, nothing salves the wound of a six-place finish like a dog wearing sunglasses. <laughs> he was making faces like Cam on Modern Family, wasn't he? Tell me you'd rather be president than look at that. Come on, you'd be lying. Man. So Perry <laughs> Perry is not out, but Bachman is. Uh, uh, is Perry staying in so that like the other guys look better? I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just some elaborate money laundering scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I would almost have more respect for that. <laughs> that would be interesting. I mean, really. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, did you see they're coming out with Gorilla Glass 2? Yeah, I heard something about that. Yeah, I think that's interesting because the glass on iPhones and iPads, it's fucking tough. Yeah. But Gorilla Glass is, uh, they're going to bring an 82-inch touchscreen to the show. To um, where, are they, where are they showing this? Uh, oh, CES in Las yeah. Vegas. Um. I guess it's supposed to be able to be thinner and lighter and be the same. Like, like Apple doesn't really talk about the fact that it's Gorilla Glass on the front and back of your iPhones. It's not on the back. Oh, it's not? No. Well, it's on the front, right? Yes. Well, I was half right then. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, almost all of the um, tablets are using it, too. Yeah. So, good for them. <laughs> but uh, to have, a, an, I guess, an update to um, to the formula, that's not bad. Yeah. Let's talk about this douche. Oh, Rick Santorum. Yeah. <clears throat> Who would have figured he would have <sighs> finished Certainly so high? not him. No kidding, Eight huh? fucking votes. Yeah. There are four of those people going, oh, man, I should have just voted for Santorum just to make this funny. I can't, I can't believe it came up heads. That's what they're saying. Yeah. All right. This uh, article is called The Nine Controversial Rick Santorum Quotes. This was from today. It's only nine of them. Yeah, it should be is nine. one of them. Hi, my name is Rick Santorum. <laughs> uh, um, as soon as the conservative ex-senator stepped into the nation's spotlight, critics, be- critics began attacking Santorum's long history of odd claims and far-right beliefs. We're going to skip over all of this introduction shit here and just get to the quotes because everybody knows who this dickbag is. Yeah. Number one, opposing birth control. Quote, one of the things I will talk about that no president has talked about before is I think the dangers of contraception. I think the dangers of contraception in this country. Wait, that's what? a that's a sentence. Let me, let me do this again because uh, he said it stupidly, and I'm trying to read it, which makes it really difficult. 
One of the things I will talk about that no president has talked about before is I think the dangers of contraception in this country. Many of the Christian faith have said, well, that's okay. Contraception is okay. It's not okay. It's a license to do things in a sexual realm that is counter to how things are supposed to be. Look, Rick, two words, two words, (laughs) clear it all up for you. Okay. And you know what? I'm going to make it four words. (laughs) And this helps in any situation regarding sexual activities of people, whether it comes to abortion or giving condoms to kids or anything like that. Hmm. People are gonna fuck. Yeah, so here's the reaction to it. Um, I pointed to the screen so everybody yeah, can no. see that we're getting back to it, right? I knew we should do video. Um, this is uh, pretty basic. Rick Santorum is coming for your contraception, says Ugh, says Aaron Cameron gross. at Salon. Any and all of it threatening to, quote, send the condom police into America's bedrooms is pretty bad politics. More than 99% of sexually active women have used some form of birth control and Quote, helping people get access to birth control is actually a popular issue. Supported by it's anyone, 82 percent of Americans. But a national contraception ban is clearly the world Centaurum wants. I was distracted by this picture down the bottom here that says, for those who have everything, a $5,000 burger and wine combo. Hmm. It looks like it has black truffles on it. I know. What the fuck is that? Oh, it's... My uh, is my uh, Facebook Messenger thing. Oh, I see. Um, number two, keeping moms at home. Quote: In far too many families with young children, both parents are working. When, if they really took an honest look at the budget, they might find they both don't need to. Uh, actually, that makes a lot of sense. Some people actually will quit their jobs because they're only. After daycare and gas and insurance yeah. and all that stuff, it really does work out to be yeah. better to stay home and not spend all that money. Yeah. Let's see how he fucks this up. What happened in America so that mothers and fathers who leave their children in the care of someone else, or worse yet, home alone after school between 3 and 6 in the afternoon, find themselves more affirmed by society? Here, we can take... No, we can thank the influence of radical feminism. There you go. That's how you fucked it up. Santorum is actually right, says Bonnie Alba at Renew America. Degrading, quote, the stay-at-home wife and mother while idolizing women who chose careers is certainly part and parcel of the feminist ideology, which has twisted our society into a pretzel of meism. <coughs> Number three, re-spinning the Crusades. Quote, wow. yeah. Quote, the idea that the Crusades and the fight of Christendom against Islam is somehow an aggression on our part is absolutely anti-historical. Wow. And that... And pro-hysterical. <laughs> and that is what the perception is by the American left who hates Christendom. Does he not realize that a lot of people on the left are actually Christians? I don't know. What he knows... If they, if all Christians were Republicans, they oh that's everybody would be a, a fucking Republican in office, wouldn't they? They'd win all the votes. 
What I'm talking about is onward American soldiers. What we're talking about are core American values. Mazzari is the response to this here. If you were worried there wouldn't be a 2012 candidate touting the pro-Crusades platform, then today is your lucky day, says Jillian Rayfield at Talking Points Memo. The religiously sanctioned European military campaigns were aimed at recapturing Jerusalem, and along the way, the Roman Catholic forces massacred thousands of Jews, among others. I know the Crusades predates the U.S. by a few centuries, but how exactly does this military campaign reflect core American values? (laughs) That is a good question, and that is pretty fucked up. Number four, rejecting the very idea of Palestinians. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I get an idea. Palestinians, no. Just no. All the people who live in the West Bank are Israelis. They're not Palestinians. There is no Palestinian. This is Israel land. That was a Israel land. Israel land. Yes. <laughs> Israel land. That's that's the beginning of a of a musical number, isn't it? <laughs> this, this is Israel land. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me. It definitely reminds me of a song on The Simpsons. Uh, that was a can, campaign stop in Israel Iowa. Israel land. November. No, maybe Disneyland. Oh. Yes, that's it. Yep, that was the, he said that on November eighteenth of last year, two thousand eleven. In case. People don't know what year it is. Reaction. <laughs> that to sounds this. like our listeners. <laughs> well, no, our listeners are a lot smarter than us, I think. Don't start it. You're going to get like more 18 page emails. I know. That you're going to have to read when you're absolutely exhausted. I know. And I'm coming, it's coming up. It's the beginning of the year, you know, that, so that means I'm going to lose my voice soon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you couldn't have done that last week. I know. <laughs> Believe me, a lot of people wish I would. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the reaction to the uh, there are no Palestinians. The striking thing about his comments <laughs> is that they represent an even more conservative position than that taken by the Israeli government, <laughs> says Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post. Meanwhile, four Palestinians said, um, we're right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Israel's anti-Palestinian position itself isn't, quote, accepted by much of the world, but it seems that the very least at the very least a potential US president could do is accept the definitions used by the Israeli government. It's pretty bad when when the Israeli government's just like, "Ah, oh, dude, back up a bit." Yeah. <laughs> Number 5. Reminding America that some view Mormonism as quote a dangerous cult. Oh, wow. Quote would the potential attraction to Mormonism by simply having a Mormon in the White House threaten traditional Christianity by leading more Americans to a church that some Christians believe misleadingly calls itself Christian is an active missionary church and a dangerous cult? That was one sentence. No, no, it wasn't. It was about four sentences. <laughs> yeah. There's, mashed into one. There, There is no punctuation in that whole sentence. Reaction to this was uh, Santorum was responding to Mitt Romney's famous speech reassuring evangelical Christians that he shares their values. And to be fair, Santorum's ultimate verdict on Romney was more or less positive, says Dan Frumkin at the Huffington Post. But he draws plenty of distinctions between Mormonism and Christianity that others have avoided lest they seem overly inflammatory. I don't know. All I remember is that that, um, the guy that founded... Mormonism was a con artist. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, number six, dissing welfare programs that, quote, make black people's lives better. Hmm. <laughs> They're getting better as we go down. Yeah, man. Quote, 
I don't want to make black people's lives better by giving them somebody else's money. I want to give them the opportunity to go out and earn the money. Yeah, <laughs> almost. Almost there. Reaction. This is the sort of subtle racism that should but won't harm Santorum among Republicans, says Steve <laughs> Bennon at Washington Monthly. <laughs> Rick Santorum said, look. I likes me the niggers. Okay, I do. <laughs> but he added that extra letter in there, so it was okay. <sighs> Making this show tougher to edit day after day. Oh, I'm not editing this shit. I already I have know. one thing that I cut out that I'm holding as blackmail. I know. That's terrible. Like the day you quit and we argue about it, I'm yeah. sending that to Scott. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, the last and Edson. <laughs> the last the, the last thing here uh, in that one part says, "Why did he single out black people when talking about cutting government aid?" Uh, number 7, bringing race into Obama's abortion views. <laughs> Quote, "Wow. That's yeah. a grab bag, huh?" I know, huh? It's like it's like he has a racist dice. Race, <laughs> he, didn't we say didn't we weren't we going to market yeah. that multi yeah. multi-sided but he took his racist, racist dice? dice and his Christian talking points dice and mixed them together. Yeah. Um, quote, the question is, and this is what Barack Obama didn't want to answer, is that human life, is that human life a person under the Constitution? And Barack Obama says no. Well, if that person, human life, is not a person, then I find it almost remarkable for a black man to say, we're going to decide who are people and who are not people. I get what he's saying, yeah, but he's a fucking dickbag for saying it. Wow, that's wow. That's that is the whitest racist thing I've ever heard anybody <laughs> say. It's like, oh yeah, remember when you weren't a person? <laughs> he's not even a third of a person. <laughs> come on, come on. What about a six? Twelve. <laughs> You know, in my world, he wouldn't even have been able to vote for himself. <laughs> Reaction. Equating fetuses to slaves got Santorum some pretty bad press, says Dave Weigel at Slate. Look, I have to agree. <laughs> I don't think a fetus should own land. <laughs> but crit- And how can they pull that lever to vote? I, I know. But critics don't. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> I don't think a fetus should own land. <laughs> Centaurum 2012. <laughs> oh, but critics don't appreciate how mainstream Centaurum's point is among pro-life activists who commonly consider their work a continuation of other movements that protect human life and elevated the status of people whom the law doesn't consider, quote, human. In the 19th century, it was African Americans. In the 21st century, it's children in the womb. Oh, I was listening to, to infinity and beyond. I was listening to George Carlin talking about... Um, you know, the, the people believe life begins at conception. Well, once conception happens, it takes a few days for the egg to travel and attach itself to the to the uterine wall. So really, at what point? Exactly. Is, uh, let's see. Equating gay marriage to loving your mother-in-law. What? That's, that's an interesting one. I haven't heard that one. Quote, is anyone saying same-sex couples can't love each other? I love my children. I love my friends. My brother, heck, I even love my mother-in-law. Should we call these relationships marriage, too? Wow, and then and then Robert De Niro hit him with a baseball bat. I wish. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be funny? Just 
Robert De Niro loses his mind. And then, goes, and then at I the thought, end, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd really like to be on stage with Rick Santoro. Just out of nowhere, just bam. And, and bo- <laughs> you know, De Niro goes to jail down. and all. Oh that no, shit. no, no! Before that, before that, just one right in the back yeah. of the head, right? And he leans into the microphone. and He goes. Don't forget to check out the Tribeca Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> and then he takes off. Just watch just beat the shit out of him. Put the bat down and just go, yeah, take, what? Take me. I did you all a That's favor. That's fine. Whatever. You think I'm going to get shit in jail? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so here's the reaction. Did noted homophobe Centaurum just admit to a weird sexual relationship with his mother-in-law and brother? He may be atop the Republican heat, but make no mistake about it, Centaurum's still a bigot and a moron. And number nine, comparing homosexuality to man-on-dog sex. This had to be number one. It absolutely had to be. Uh, Quote, if the Supreme Court says that you have the right to consensual gay sex within your home, then you have the right to bigamy, you have the right to polygamy, you have the right to incest, you have the right to adultery, you have the right to anything. That What a fucking stretch. Yeah, I know. Does that undermine the fabric of our society? I would argue, yes, it does. That's not to pick on homosexuality. <laughs> really? Great. So he actually used... Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld should... should uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> that, not, well-known uh, Palestin- that well-known Palestinian, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> it's, it's not to pick on homosexuality. It's not, you know, man on child, man on dog, or whatever the case may be. <laughs> it is one thing. Reaction. Rick Santorum has expelled a great deal of thought and energy to finding new words to disparage gay marriage. Wow. You're not writing a sonnet here. Shit doesn't have to rhyme. And even if you agree with Santorum, would you really want a president who is (laughs) this obsessed? (laughs) Would you really want a president that's obsessed with gay sex? Like, even gay people aren't as obsessed with sex as he is. Are they? Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't know. The guy is uh Chris. Huh. I know what time it is. Okay. <laughs> I just had to send a message to somebody real quick through Facebook. Sorry everybody. <laughs> so I hit him on the head. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got in the uh in the in the group here. Oh hey, while we're doing that, can I talk about some piece of shit postal worker? Okay. I send gift cards down to my sister. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My niece and my nephews. Okay. Right. Right. My kids made a nice, nice card because I have artists, artistic kids. You do. Right. You do. El, uh, Ellen and I were talking about um, the the painting. That, Fucking that awesome. Did. That was. Yeah. So my sister calls me and said, and and she said, "Oh, we got the card." I'm like, "Great." I I hope the kids, you know, like Barnes and Noble. She's like, "What?" Like the gift cards, she says that was just the envelope, and I go, "What?" She says, "Yeah, it's taped along the back." So somebody opened it, opened it, took the gift cards, and sent the fucking thing on. Motherfucker, piece of shit! If I ever find you, you piece of shit! I'm sorry, that's all you are is a piece of shit. There's got to be a way to complain about that. I'm gonna go to the post office tomorrow, and I'm gonna complain. I'm gonna say, "Look, someone along the lines a piece of shit." I wonder I, I wonder if enough people will complain can they actually narrow it down? I mean, it seems like it would make pretty good sense. Either they're all being sent from the same place and it's the person at at the at the sorting facility, or 
Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm simplifying this a lot. Or it's a lot of people from across the country complaining about one area not getting their stuff. I don't know. Piece of shit. Interesting. Speaking of pieces of shit, let's listen to this. I want to discuss the last uh, Fox debate in which a gay soldier uh, got up at the debate on video and asked whether or not as president you would reinstate Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Here's what you said to him. Any type of sexual activity has absolutely no place in the military, and the fact that they're making a point to include it as a provision within the military that we are going to recognize a group of people uh, and give them a special privilege uh, to, uh, to, to, to uh, and removing don't ask, don't tell, I think tries to inject social policy into the military. Senator, uh, you say sexual activity has no place in the military. Heterosexuals have been openly uh, heterosexual for centuries in the military without any problems. And you talk about about gays not being given uh, or that they shouldn't be given special privilege. All that don't ask, don't tell and the repeal of it does is say that they are given the same rights as everybody else has had for forever. He looks like a Will Ferrell character. Well, the, the yeah. problem is is yeah. that sexual uh, sexual activity with people who are you are in close quarters with uh, and who are, happen to be the same sex is different than uh, than uh, having a discussion and, and being open about your sexual activity where there is uh, you're not in that same situation. So you're talking about injecting, as so, I said. No, wait before, a minute. Are you saying are so, you saying you think that 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 uh, homosexual gay soldiers are going to sit there and and go after their male counterparts in the barracks? I didn't suggest that. It, it, well, you I'm said they're in close about, activity, in close proximity. We're talking, well, they're in close they're in close quarters they live with people they they they, ha they obviously shower with people the whole kinds of uh, they all the things that that are involved in living in a barracks or living out in the field those are those are issues that again some people you're, you're not talking about that individual person but you're talking about the ability for people to be able to have that unit cohesion to be able to work together in an efficient fighting way and obviously and also by the way the effect on retention and recruitment of people to to live in that environment and yes there are people who would feel uncomfortable in that environment I, I wanna, and I as a result it could hurt it could hurt our ability to retain and recruit and to put the best fighting force in place senator as I you said I, before I, chris you that say, has no senator if i may if i may follow up because we really are running yeah. out of time and it's <laughs> okay. continuing so on this conversation you say don't <laughs> inject social policy into right, the military yeah, their their sense. job is to fight right. and defend it's not a social experiment i want to put up a quote for you the Army is not a sociological laboratory. Experimenting with Army policy, especially in a time of war, would pose a danger to efficiency, discipline, and morale, and would result in ultimate defeat. Does that sound about right, sir? Uh, roughly, yes. That's a quote from Colonel Eugene Householder, who was in the Army uh, Adjutant General's office in 1941, Arguing against racial integration of the military. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured I've heard well, I've heard similar quotes. Uh, it's very, di well, very, very different. I mean, we're talking about uh, people who are uh, you know simply different because of the color of their skin, not because of their of activities that would cause problems um, for people living basketball? in those clo close quarters. Senator, it's a very a Colonel Householder, and I read his comments. Senator, I, I, Senator I, I read Colonel Householder's comments yesterday. Everything that you said, living in close proximity sharing uh, bunks and showers, uh, being in close proximity. What there is, he used exactly the same arguments you used to argue against racial integration of the military <laughs> in the 1940s.
Yeah, I, I understand that. And I, I know the whole gay community is trying, is trying to make this the new Civil Rights Act. It's not. It's not the same. You are, you are black by, by the color of your skin. You are not, uh, you know, uh, homosexual necessarily by, by uh, obviously, by the color of your skin or no, anything No, but you else. are by... It's by, by a variety of... I mean, it, it, it is a fact of your it is a fact of your biology. Obviously, it's one thing if somebody, you know, is coming on to somebody in a room, but the sheer fact that somebody is a homosexual, you're saying, I mean, these are all volunteers. They're all defending to, sir, to uh, protect right. our country. Sir. That's exactly the point, Chris. They are all volunteers, and they don't have to join in a place where they don't feel comfortable serving with, pe with, with, with people because of that issue, and that's the problem, Chris. And, and look, the idea that somehow or another that this is the equivalent that, uh, you know, being black and and being gay is is the same is simply not true there are all sorts of studies out there that suggest just the contrary and there are people who were gay and and lived the gay lifestyle and aren't anymore i don't know if that's the similar situation i don't think that's the case with anybody that's black so it's not Michael the same Jackson. and i know people try to make it the same but it is not it is behavioral issue as opposed to a color of the skin issue and that makes it all the difference when it comes to serving in the military oh man wow the headline Why didn't he is, just ask, look, what about gay black people? And let's admit, you know what? If if gay people could choose the color of their skin, they'd be fabulous. <laughs> they'd sparkle. They'd be <laughs> Twilight vampires. No, I'm sorry. That's incredibly in oh, insensitive. God, that's so, so funny. Gotcha, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, this guy. Uh, it's so funny. I mean, uh, it's not funny they, though. That's the but worst the thing part. Is, you know what? The, I know. There's some people uh, that was remarkably, you know, liberal for a Fox News segment, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think at some point somebody in the Fox headquarters said, "Hey, we got to stop pissing off gay people." Everybody. Yeah, because like people are related to gay people, and people are gay. And we're, yeah. it, we're just making trouble for ourselves. And look at this fucking guy. <laughs> He's terrible. He might say something awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we need to be on the other side of that. Let's not. We're not for gay rights. We're just against right. talking bad about gay people. Hey, did you hear? About oh, this? that is going to come back and bite us in the ass. Did you hear about <laughs> this eighteen or ninth? This eighteen-year-old girl, right? Her huh? house was getting broken into. Yeah, I have that. I have that oh, later man, on here. That's coming yeah. up. This one is because uh, I, I, we're following a little. Who theme is this here. Tennessee Bill guy? I don't know, <laughs> but he makes great ribs. Uh, Tennessee Bill, it's okay to bully gay kids if you're a Christian or a Republican, and you can actually physically beat them if you're a Christian Republican. Wow! But no, what if you're a gay Christian Republican? Do you have to beat yourself? Ever have deja vu? Ever had it so hard it made your head explode? Yes. Well, I'm still scraping my skull off the floor. This is from uh, Addicted Info, so it has that snarkiness to it. Yeah. Two months ago, almost to the day, I posted an article about Michigan's anti-gay bullying law that literally made it okay to bully gay kids if you're a Christian. Well, never one to be outdone on religiously inspired bigotry and hate. Well, what do they consider it? Freedom of speech? I don't know. I don't know. We should probably click through that. Tennessee has seen fit to introduce the same kind of exemption, but take it so much further. The proposed bill would amend the state's current anti-bullying laws to specify that the anti-bully policy should, quote, not be construed or interpreted to infringe upon the First Amendment rights of students and shall not prohibit their expression of religious, philosophical, or political views as long as there is no physical threat or threat to another student's property, 
Wow, that is such so you can bullshit. bully a dude, but don't let it get in anybody else's way. Here's the here's how I read this. It basically says your rights don't matter; only mine do. That's fucking crazy. That's pretty much what it is, right? Okay, so not only can you verbally abuse gay kids if you're a Christian, but you'll be able to do it if you're a Republican or even just philosophically opposed. This means you can come up with any reason at all to abuse homosexuals, and the state will give you carte blanche to do it. Tennessee is the same state that tried to pass the don't say gay law that would have prohibited teachers from speaking about homosexuals in the classroom so they're no stranger to unreasoned hatred. To make it all so much worse, unlike Republicans in Michigan, the GOP in Tennessee wants to amend an already existing law. Michigan was attempting to pass its law when conservative bigots tried to gut it by including the exemption language. They later dropped it in a compromise bill. Tennessee already has an anti-gay bullying law on the books, and the new language is to be added. Apparently, taking away the ability to torture and harass gay kids is an intolerable affront to liberty. The freedom to drive children to suicide. Gay anti-bullying law. (laughs) Oh, man. The freedom to drive children to suicide is not a freedom at all. It's granting special privileges to those who practice hate as a lifestyle. In contrast, you could say you could say bad things about homosexuals in general. You can hold anti-gay parades. You can go on Fox News and tell the sheep that the gays are destroying the world. You can make fun of Barney Frank's homosexuality because he's a public figure. I these, make fun of him because of his lisp. <laughs> these are all protected forms of expression, distasteful as they are. But the second you direct that at a private citizen and do so repeatedly, you are engaged in an assault and you are not protected by the Constitution, nor it would appear your conscience. Such behavior should never be tolerated in a society that supposedly cherishes diversity. But then again, the right has never cherished differences. It demands conformity and always has. Gays are just another other for them to hate. That's why that's why all black people that join the Republican Party have to have to bleach their skin white. Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I that, read that's something about that in the past. That's, that's why Michael Steele doesn't work for them anymore. He refused to do it. <laughs> uh Newt Gingrich, you can go suck a bag of dicks. Um This one's interesting. Uh fuck New Hampshire. New Hampshire Republicans to require all bills to cite English Magna Carta. I don't know if I believe this one because I didn't read it yet. Shall we? Shall we get into this? Yeah, it's just dumb. Like, yeah, I don't understand. But it. Like, why? I, I mean, I, why well, not have let's... why not have all bills like go back and you know cite the Code of Hammurabi at some point? <laughs> what the fuck? Well, let's read it. This we, guy we'll named out. Jerry in the second century. It's Gary. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Gary Gergich. Gary Gergich. <laughs> 800 years ago, England drafted the Magna Carta, known as the first Decor- declaration. It's a really big carta. <laughs> it's magna. <laughs> For her pleasure. Magma. <laughs> uh, known as the first declaration of rights in the country. The Magna Carta is so famous, in fact, that the founding fathers used pieces of it to inspire their drafting of the Constitution, which is the basis of our law today. In magna the Carta is I'm just trying to remember the year of Magna Carta. I think that was... I think it's 1686? I don't know. 
Uh, the Republican Party in Congress is obsessed with requiring that all bills cite the Constitution to justify passing them. This is a ploy designed to kill any law that Republicans deem unconstitutional, such as everything passed since the Civil War. No, I was way wrong. 12, 15. Yeah, because it says 800 years. Yeah. We're bad at math. Um, but New Hampshire Republicans are taking a step further and bypass the Constitution entirely. They want to require all bills to cite a sentence from the Magna Carta itself, according to the Concord Monitor. <coughs> 1648 was the piece of Westphalia. So. Oh, okay. Uh, House Bill 1580 is the product of such a brainstorming session this summer between three freshman House Republicans. Well, there's your problem. Bob Kingsbury of Laconia. Tim Toomley of Nashua and Lucian Vita of Middleton. The eyebrow razor set to be introduced when the legislature convenes next month requires legislation to find its origin in an English document crafted in 1215. We could have just waited a little bit. Yeah. All members of the general court proposing bills and resolutions addressing individual rights or liberties shall include a direct quote from the Magna Carta which sets forth the article from which the individual right or liberty is delivered, quote, is the bill's one sentence. Essentially, Republicans in New Hampshire literally want to take the state back to medieval times, and not the cool medieval times where you have a soda wench bringing you drinks. They want American lawmakers to cite outdated English documents, which the Founding Fathers only drew inspiration from. They wrote the Constitution so that Americans could have their own governing document, which, unlike the Magna Carta, has more flexibility. Basically, the Constitution is too liberal for Republicans now, so they're looking for any arcane and ridiculous way to kill legislation they don't Are they, with. like, fucking teaching anybody to fucking read? Is anybody in the government doing anything? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry to yell. I know the girls are sleeping, but Jesus, <laughs> are they fucking kidding me? Oh, now you have to put the, the right shoe on before you put on the left shoe, or else we're going to come and get you. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Colorado woman punches and rubs her butt against $30 million painting. Oh, God. How much crack was she doing before that happened? <laughs> you know what? The look on her face is kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did it. So? <laughs> I did it. <laughs> don't ask me. I won't tell you, motherfucker. <laughs> Where's don't ask, don't tell now? No. What the fuck is this? It's a ad for a cleaning product that I just muted. Oh, those look like awesome nachos, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see what we got here. An artistic creation is its a singular thing. Oh, singular, God. meaning no one else can own it, says Ivar Zaley, owner of Plus Gallery downtown. That's why the value of this Clifford still painting is estimated between 30 and $40 million. The 10 by 13 foot piece titled 1957J Number 2 is just one of 2,400 works of art inside the Clifford Museum downtown, which opened in November. For some reason, 36-year-old Carmen Tisch was drawn to the painting last Thursday, but not in the artistic sense of the word. Instead, police say Tisch began scratching the painting and pounding it with her fists. Then police say she leaned against it, pulled her pants down, and began urinating next to the painting. It comes across as pretty inconceivable that somebody would do that in the context of a museum. Tish was no, it doesn't. charged with criminal mischief. Museum officials aren't talking about the incident or describing the damage to the painting. They're only saying they're cooperating with police. The cost to repair the damage, they tell police, will be around $10,000. 
<laughs> it's more of an embarrassment because they've only been in uh, place for two months, less than two months. Still is considered one of the top abstract painters of the 20th century. After passing away 30 years ago, his wife started looking for a city willing to build a museum for his work. In 2004, you chose poorly. After a lobbying effort by then Mayor John Hickenlooper. Daly says the museum will likely have to increase security. Something as ridiculous as or increase the restrooms. Who's probably unknown to anybody. Being able to even touch the piece is what a what a pretentious dickbag. Museum. I want to. Punch him in the face. Oh my god. And then he, pee on him. <laughs> didn't he remind you of um what's his name on Saturday Night Live? Dieter? No, no, no. He um he's on Portlandia. Oh, Frank Armiston. Fred, yeah. He reminded yeah, that, that was like a character he yeah. was doing. Some oh unknown god. woman that nobody knows went and peed <laughs> on just, a painting. I just love yeah, her dude, face. That's what her happens. face is just kinda like so I'm having a bad fucking day. So what? Yeah. Oh, uh, Howard. You, you never beat the shit out of a painting and then peed next to it? <laughs> That's like the first week in art school. Oh, my God. Uh, Howard so awesome. Howard on the Facebook group wanted to know who is. This is, this is what, he, what he posted here. By the way, who the hell was that idiot woman with the stupid voice in the most recent show? She was unbelievably stupid. In the UK, we have some terrible broadcasters, but I can say with confidence that none of our TV channels, etc., would employ someone that ridiculous. I love how instead of actually knowing stuff, she just repeated things she's heard on Fox News. The sad thing is people in other countries know exactly what Fox News is saying. <sighs> but at least they can identify it as bullshit. What are they talking about? What's he talking Victoria about? Oh, the Victoria Jackson. Jackson thing. The, uh, yeah. She used to be on Saturday Night Live. She was actually kind of funny on Saturday Night Live. She was, yeah. But it seems yeah. like... Because this is not the first weird thing from her I've heard of. In the no, she, we've had her... Some other weird shit. We've played stuff from her so, on the... Uh, she's gone a little batshit crazy. Yeah. Ah, that yeah. painting one. I don't know why I found that to be so fucking. <laughs> just they're just so matter of fact about it. <laughs> I love that. Between her and the guy in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Nobody hey, fucked a chicken in any of these stories. Oh, we need to we need to take a break real quick and then uh, we'll we'll be right back.
tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement. I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really, it's isn't. not visually striking. No, I'm just just getting confirmation. It's just dealing. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? You can find us at chinstrokerversuspenter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. You, you wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Are you serious? Podcast. Bestoftheleft.com. Linoleum knife. 35mm hero. Chinstroker versus Pensa. Family movie night. Bloody good horror. Skills on film radio. Night of the Living Podcast. Mail order zombie. Outside the cinema. Popcorn mafia. Perhaps you'd be interested in Gleecast. First time caller podcast. Showshow.podomatic.com. The David Pakman Show. gentle listeners. I'm Fozzie Bear. There are a lot of podcasts out there, and it's impossible to listen to them all. That's where the Podcast Podcast comes in. On the Podcast Podcast, we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes, covering everything from movies to television to literature to pop culture and politics. On the Podcast Podcast, you can listen to these guests and decide if you should check out their show or keep on moving. Find us in the iTunes store by searching for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E. If you're enjoying this podcast, perhaps you'd be interested in Gleecast. You watch your tone, young lady. Hey, we're not forcing you to download the internet's best, or at least most booze-filled podcast about Glee. You want to be me. Who doesn't, Sue? But we know we can't be. Instead, Erica and Emily. Uh, Emily and Erica. Who am I? I just don't know anymore. I'd love to stay in chat, but I got a satellite interview. Sorry, we get off topic a lot. The point is, listen to Gleecast following every new episode of Glee. Plus, our sporadic bonus content on some of the greatest bad cinema that incorporates musical theater or sweet dance moves going to ask you to smell your armpits the right or the left that's the smell of failure failure smells like dove mine has a pleasant lady speed stick scent kind of makes me think of candy canes your resentment is delicious visit gleecast.podomatic.com or search for us in the itunes store that's gleecast with a k part of the palaver.com family that's p-a-l-a-v-r.com boy the only thing missing from this place is a couple dozen bodies limed and rotting in shallow graves under the floorboards we're working on that Okay, here's one. Here's a headline just uh, for you. 
A judge has ruled that a black church is the rightful owner of a KKK store. Wow, that is awesome. What do you buy at a KKK store? Is that like a Bed Bath & Beyond? <laughs> <laughs> After a lengthy legal battle. I am now going to call Bed Bath & Beyond the KKK store. Oh. They won't like it. No, well, they sell a lot of white sheets. It's BBB. It's not that much different. After a lengthy legal battle between a black you know, South Carolina church. Cut up the B a little bit. <laughs> yeah, top and bottom. There, there you go. go. Uh, you know, Pac-Man was going to be Puck-Man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you not want me to read this? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. After a lengthy legal battle between... I keep waiting for you to butt in now. Oh, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> between a black South Carolina church and members of the Ku Klux Klan, <laughs> a judge has ruled that the church owns a building where the KKK robes and t-shirts are sold. That's fucking awesome. A circuit judge ruled last month that New Beginnings Baptist Church is the rightful owner of the building that houses the Redneck Shop. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with America? I don't know, but that's a clickable link. Hold on. That's awesome. Oh, it's not a clickable link. It just defines it. And it brings you back to the article. Okay. Which operates a so-called Klan museum and sells Klan robes and T-shirts emblazoned with racial slurs. I'm guessing it's not the Klan McCullen, right? (laughs) Or the the Klan McLeod from Highlander, right? There it is. The judge ordered the shop's proprietor to pay the church's legal bills of more than $3,300. Since 96, the Redneck Shop has operated in an old movie theater in Lawrence, a city about 70 miles northwest from Columbia that was named after 18th century slave trader Henry Lawrence, which is different than Henry Rollins, by right. the way. Uh, ownership of the building was transferred in 1997 to the Reverend David Kennedy and his church, New Beginnings, by a Klansman fighting with others inside the hate group according to court records that's fucking hilarious yeah i'll, I'll show, show you fucking racists <laughs> i'm gonna sell it to the baptist church <laughs> good for him that's pretty funny uh, uh, let's see that man according to kennedy was feuding with store proprietor john howard over a woman and quote developed a spiritual relationship with kennedy's church the judge wrote. Once you go black, you never go back. Oh, but a clause in the deed entitles Howard, formerly KKK Grand Dragon for the Carolinas, to operate his business in the building until he dies. After years of trying to have the property inspected, Kennedy in the new beginning sued Howard and others in 2008. On December 9th, a judge ruled in Kennedy's favor. Reached on his cell phone, Howard said he did not know about the judge's decision and deferred comment to his attorney, who did not immediately return a message. Uh, Let's see if we can get some funny quotes out of this. Uh, If anything turns people off, they shouldn't come in here, Howard told the Associated Press in 2008. It's not a thing in here that's against the law. He actually said, it's not a thing in here that's against the law. But good taste is the stuff we do with it that's against the law. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, let's see. Kennedy said Tuesday his congregation was elated by the judge's decision, which he said he has already discussed with local police in hopes of being able to visit and inspect the property this week. Well, if he owns it, he can inspect it. Most definitely. They're just tenants. Can you imagine? You can keep the building, but you have to play spiritual music the whole but time. Can, your can you imagine that the white supremacists that run that store have to do what that african-american says yeah welcome to america oh that's awesome you fucking ray redneck dummy uh, anyway i can't get enough 
angry words. You out. wanted to throw a rapist in there somewhere, didn't you? I don't know. I maybe. Don't know. I don't know. But that, that wouldn't have made sense. No. Um, let's see. Kennedy, who has previously said he would like to close the store and hold his church meetings there. Well, that's okay. It's a theater. That makes sense. Declined Tuesday to detail his plan, saying only that he thought some parishioners would feel uncomfortable worshiping in the structure that once segregated moviegoers and now sells clan-related material. But you take it back. That's exactly. The thing. You won. I don't count anything out, Kennedy said. I think that the church would do good in that building. All right. You know? That's, I think that's hilarious. That's good. That's that's a, a positive religious story. How about that? <sighs> Michelle Bachman thinks the entire internet is against her. That's the headline. Um, that may be the one thing she's been right about. <laughs> she had to get one right sooner or later, right? My boss said to me the other day we were changing some bulbs, and he said, uh, "So your buddy Michelle's out." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, "Who the hell is he talking?" Oh, yeah, yeah. What a dumbass. <laughs> I said, "You know now who's going to make me?" Oh, wait, Centaurum's still there. That's who's going to make me laugh. Anybody, even if Romney was the only one, he's going to make you laugh too. Yeah, but he's not as much win. as not as much as the other ones. Oh, though. come on, he's just a dope. Well, let's read this one. Yesterday, uh, when was this? What, I don't have a date on this. I hate it. When, oh, there we go, December thirtieth. Oh, wow. Yesterday was especially unkind to Michelle Bachman. First news broke that her Iowa campaign director Kent Sorensen had defected to Camp Ron Paul. <laughs> Wow. Then she lost That's another. like going out of the frying pan into. Another frying pan. Another frying pan, quite frankly. <laughs> then she lost another top staff member, her political director, fridge. Wes Enos, who resigned after he had the nerve to publicly defend Sorensen against charges that he'd illegally accepted money from Ron Paul's campaign. So what did Bachman, Bachman do in response to the mudslide of bad news that's piling up on top of her? Why, she made an objective assessment of the situation, concluded that she could not possibly win, and promptly withdrew herself from the race, of course. Gotcha. She obviously did the complete opposite of that. She's still, well, not anymore. Yeah. That's sad. Um, she still is, and this was obviously before the caucus, but uh, we, we need this quote from her. Um, she's still up to usual game of swinging wildly at any enemy she can find, real or imagined hoping to distract people from the fact that her candidacy is sinking to the bottom of the presidential ocean faster than the hull of the Titanic. Yesterday's enemy of choice, America's greatest evil, the Internet. While Bachman was appearing at an Iowa radio show, a caller named Jonathan made this 1,000% true statement. Michelle Bachman is up against not only the other candidates, but up against President Obama, who has Facebook, Twitter, Google, and YouTube in his back pocket. I believe that helped him win the last election. No president should have the monopoly of those companies in their back pocket. Yes. So now Obama's manipulating the internet. Yes. Yes. And well, it uh, only makes sense, you know. Al Gore invented it. Obama well, that's why. That's why they it. want that SOPA thing to pass, so you can block all access to Republican websites. Yes. Right. Uh, the article goes on to say, actually, I'm pretty sure that Michelle Bachman's base consists entirely of YouTube commenters. <laughs> but we can get back to that in a second. First, let's hear how she responded. I absolutely agree, Jonathan. We have seen, whether it's the head of Facebook or Google, it is clear there is an alliance with the Obama administration as well as with NBC. But see, that's the thing. Chuck Norris agrees with the, the Republican Party. John Ratzenberger agrees with the fucking Tea Party. 
which is really weird. Victoria Jackson, you give your famous people, you yeah. just don't get famous rich people. I think we've all got a distant relative or high school friend whose constant posting of Tea Party propaganda on Facebook proves that social networking isn't totally in the bag for Obama. <laughs> and anyone who's ever looked at the trending topics on Twitter knows it's not exactly heaven for liberal elites. Yes, Obama may have relationships with the head of Facebook and Google, but they have about as much control over the content on their sites as she does over her campaign. <laughs> In fairness, she said a rough couple of days, so maybe we should cut her some slack. No. Why don't we all agree to indulge a few more confusing sentences and frantically pointed fingers, and then we can officially call it a day on our candidacy? Uh, let's see. It's the least we can do for someone who's melting down with about as much grace as a robot who had spilled soda into its guts. <laughs> Man, she, you know what? At least she backed out, oh, right? God. Um All right, I got I got one more here. <laughs> I got one more here. There was a joke in there about backing out and <laughs> Republicans who hate gay people. Yeah. Gay sex. Uh right wing Fox and Friends warn Girl Scouts promote liberal agenda. So Really? The, the Sesame Street is teaching people about uh, gay Muppets and hungry, gay hungry Muppets. Mupp- gay hungry Muppets, yes. Because they're and, um, hungry. For the cock. Muppets, but the Muppets themselves are communist, and the Girl right. Scouts are promoting a liberal agenda. What are you talking about? Have you ever seen these little bitches go selling their cookies? That, if anybody's that, more interested in capitalism, yeah. it's the fucking Girl Scouts. Uh, right-wing bloggers and Fox News have managed to squeeze in one more liberal conspiracy theory before the end of 2011. This was on December 30th as well. Oh, play it. The controversy is over a section of the Girl Scouts media guide that advises readers to use sites like Snopes.com and Media Matters to fact check what they read on the internet. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Because as Steve Douchey puts it on Fox and Friends on Thursday, Media Matters is, quote, clearly you know, a lefty blog. If your last name is Douchey... It's really? Doocy, D-O-O-C-Y. I just read it wrong oh, okay. on purpose. Well, I was just going to say, like, they probably already have a parking space for you at Fox News. <laughs> yeah, well, they're all you labeled. You don't even have to they're do They're all that. labeled douchebag. You just <laughs> park wherever you want. You don't even have to do the interview. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Media Matters is clearly a lefty blog, and the Girl Scouts telling members to turn to them means they must secretly be in the tank for the left. Hmm. Oh, here's somebody we haven't heard from in a long time. Glenn Beck's site, The Blaze, first wrote about the guide on Tuesday. That was so everybody could make their own joke about him being closeted. Um, And said that it was pointed out to them by a parent of Sydney. That's a vampire last name. Volansky. A 15-year-old former Girl Scout who left the organization in 2010 when she says she realized the organization, quote, has a clear liberal ideology. Oh, is this the girl? Oh, fuck. We have to see her. Wow. A 15-year-old. I can't wait to see her because I love stupid right-wing teenagers. (laughs) Yeah. They are fun to listen to. They don't know anything. No, they just spout what the parents say. Yeah. Let's see how many of those. I will will bet you. You, Where is she from? Where is she from? Because I bet you she has a, a southern accent. Oh, I don't know. But I bet you, you she does. You count how many talking points you think she she hits, and I'll count how many. We'll compare after. Okay. Uh, but let me read the rest. The rest here. Uh, in response, she started a blog called "Speak Now Girl Scouts," and on Thursday she popped up on Fox News. Of course, Ducey asked Volansky how she quote started noticing kind of what you would feel is a liberal agenda in the Girl Scouts. 
My sister and I started. Oh, and then they, they, she'll actually say that in the thing there. Um, they told us we can't hate the black people. <laughs> no more. No more. <laughs> so I didn't like that. Um, I will say that um, um, I, my my comment on this was um, when is Fox News going to realize that the world has a liberal bias and a progressive <laughs> bias because we like to pr- move forward. Yeah. In, anyway. All right. Uh, let me just check all my buttons there. Okay. Let's see what what, what they say. No ad. This is a fight for freedom, old cop. I'll do it. What? For America. What was that? I don't know. It's a burp of some sort. (laughs) Well, the Girl Scouts of America may be changing their media guide after it referenced a liberal blog as a place to get the facts straight about media. This all started because a sharp Girl Scout, like our next guest, noticed the bias. Don't forget to count. Now from Houston is former Girl Scout and co-editor of Speak Now, Girl Scouts, Sydney Volansky. Good morning to you, Sydney. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. So I understand you and your family and some other families started noticing kind of what what you would feel is a, a liberal agenda in the National Girl Scout organization. And, and when you saw that uh, in, in a book, it was suggesting that if you want to know what's really going on in the media, go to Media Matters, which is clearly a lefty blog. You said uh, that's just not going to stand, right? Yes, my sister and I started a website to help inform families of the more leftward leanings of Girl Scouts because they promise to be neutral politically and about certain social issues, but when you examine the women that they promote and the websites and books that they refer girls to, Mm -hmm. there is a clear liberal ideology like with the media matters site Mm -hmm. and you were a girl scout for eight years you were a proud girl scout you say it was a huge part of your life but then because you started seeing these uh incidents of lack of neutrality you started this website called speaknowgirlscouts.com what are you trying to accomplish with that with Speak Now Girl Scouts, we're just trying to spread awareness to families because we were so deceived. For eight years, we were in Girl Scouts, and we didn't realize that Girl Scouts was promoting such a liberal ideology. And so we really just want to help families to understand Girl Scouts' real motives and what they're really promoting. Uh, in particular, at the at the national level, level, we've got a soundbite from 2004, uh, the woman who runs the Girl Scout, Kathy Cloninger. And here she talks about a special mm-hmm. relationship between the National Girl Scouts and Planned Parenthood. Oh, Christ. We have relationships with our church communities, with YWCAs, and with Planned Parenthood organizations across the country to bring information-based uh, sex education so programs. It's two to religious and one okay. liberal. Uh, our, one of our producers was told that she made a misstatement back then, and that there is no relationship between the Girl Scouts and Planned Parenthood. Uh, do you believe that to be true? I don't believe that true. For one thing, I that don't believe has that never true. been formally retracted. So that kind of makes you wonder why she doesn't just say, oh, I made a mistake, let me retract that, yeah. instead of just having everyone, everyone else says it. But she never comes out with that. So that's one thing. But also, wow. when you look at the sites they're promoting, they send girls to abortion advocacy websites, which will in turn send them to Planned Parenthood. And... Oh. 
several years ago, they actually had a direct link where they were sending girls directly to Planned Parenthood in a badge called On Your Own. And you can find out all the details about these websites and these links on my website, Speak Now Girl Scouts. And also, uh, back to Media Matters for a second, you say that uh, because you brought this to the attention of the Girl Scouts and to other parents and other families, it looks like the Girl Scouts are going to take Media Matters out of their reprinting of the Media Guide. Here's their statement. They say, Girl Scouts constantly reviews our materials based on feedback and suggestions we receive from our members, and we update our materials on a regular basis. As a result of this process, upcoming reprints of Journeys, that's the Media Guide, materials will not include links to Media Matters. You must feel satisfied that you've gotten some, some progress. Well, it is good that they've decided to remove this. This is just one of many issues. There are several books what are in the series like that what? they yeah. have for girls, and there are numerous issues of liberal women and books that oh, they're promoting so, so this isn't yeah. the only Bitch. issue and also we're not sure that this is really resolved because with the help of some friends we checked Girl Scout Council bookstores in Houston, Jacksonville, St. Louis and Cincinnati and this was just last week and we checked the books that they make this reference to and it still had the reference in it what so the, obviously well, Girl Scouts is fuck? not concerned enough to pull these books you, off the shelf. Oh fuck well, you, uh, fuck you off. Thank you very much Sydney for bringing all of this to our attention you, we didn't you realize about the media bias and we didn't I swear to fucking God, this is, turns out Girl do these Scouts people have nothing cookies. better to mm-hmm. fucking right. do? Uh, Cindy, thank you very much. Yes. Thanks for joining us today. This is why, this is why nothing is getting done in this fucking country. What they're doing is telling Girl Scouts, hey, you know what? Just, you know, just fucking don't take one fucking thing as as gospel, motherfuckers, to coin a phrase. Yeah. Show me show me a right wing oh, fact checking site that's that's legitimate. Oh, my fucking and while, God. While we're at it, I would I would like to put this out to everybody that listens to the show. Um, for every one conservative right-wing-leaning woman that has advanced anything in society, I will name 10. That is a liberal progressive. I just, it's... Because you know what? The progressives are the people that get shit done. My kid's in the Girl Scouts. She loves it, and there's... How many did you count? I got the 12. But you know what it is? 12 talking points, and I just fucking gave up. But it's about, it's about, it's about... You know, serving your community, and they do that. It's about, it's about trying new things. Yep. It's you know, it's yep. and just, just to oh, let me let me go with some with some. It was like one here. other thing about you know, it was, there was like uh like like somebody who who wanted Sesame Street to come right out and say whether Bert and Ernie are gay. They're fucking puppets. Oh, <laughs> and they are. So I, I the, we there's four comments on this oh, here. Oh my fucking um, god. I, I said maybe Fox should just realize that the world is a liberal bias, and Stephen uh, answered, I'm going to be kind of pedantic here, but you are right, it does. The conservative idea is self first, the liberal idea is society first. Uh, I took a lot of anthropology in school, and there was a mantra in every class I attended, quote, a lone primate is a dead primate. Humans are designed to live in a society, and that means society first should be ingrained in us if we want to survive. Mike says, if that's the way right-wingers want to view it, then more cookies for the rest of us. And 
Vishnu brings up a good point here. He says, funny thing is the Boy Scouts of America, which to be clear is a separate and quite different organization than the rest of the world, the worldwide <laughs> scouting movement does have a fairly right-leaning tilt, especially when it comes to acceptance of homosexuality. And honestly, I went through, I got up to the point where I could decide if I wanted to be a Boy Scout or not, and I had um, discovered uh, boobs. Yeah. So I'd fuck everything. It was making out with girls at that point. Yeah. So I was not a Boy Scout. But honestly, I don't think I could have gone through and 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 learned the higher up stuff. Because when you're you're lower, when you're a Cub Scout, none it's of that just, shit yeah, plays into it at all. Time. So Oh my God. What's I, this? I think uh, I think I have I oh I have I have um one more thing here real quick. Um I saw an article about um uh, holy sex toys. Oh yeah, yeah. There are. Where kosher, else would you put them? <laughs> there are kosher sex toys. There it are, all depends on how the rubber was killed. There are Muslim sex toys. I know, huh? And there's book twenty two. Book twenty two. Um, Jesus, they just can't get away from issues with pork and porking. <laughs> but it's like here's here's the website for book twenty two. First of all, it's a shitty looking website. It's terrible. That's like um, that's like. 1997s. Yeah, it is. I expect like like fake snow to be falling across yeah, the seriously. screen. Seriously, that looks like Homer Simpson's website. Yeah, you don't have a background image um, on your on your thing that that is the almost same the same as color text. as your text. Yeah. So they didn't. What what this company uh, came about uh, because they didn't like the way stuff was being presented on other websites because everybody you know can benefit from marital aids or whatever, but they market specifically to married couples. Okay. Which you're on the internet. You're marketing to everybody. You're appealing to yeah. every single person on the internet. Um, but you know what? This doesn't look any different than any other site I, I look at. There's the, the, but what they do is there's no scantily clad women. That's the problem. That is a problem. I'm not going to shop with these guys. Well, you know what's funny? As it, that they uh, they should name stuff the way that it would be referenced in, you know, in in a marriage. Like, yeah, all right, fine, but you really need to paint the garage, you know. <laughs> what if they all had biblical references? <laughs> Wouldn't they just all be called if they're going to do it right? The oh god. Ah. <laughs> uh. No, I mean you could have nail shaped dildos. Right? Nine inch nails. Right? Um The Lance of Loginus. Wow. Right? The Crown of Thorns would be uh some kind of nubby cock ring. That weird cock ring. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the challenge wow. for our listeners. <laughs> Name the religious sex toys. I don't care what religion it is. Just Are you gonna- Put out, put what, what, what it is like, you know, Reverend Scott's favorite, the 12 inch, 12 uh, inch long, three inch wide black <laughs> dildo um, that suction Gary. cups to a mirror. Um, and you can name that um, Son of Abraham or whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, we have this, uh, this one thing. Yeah, we're going to do just, feedback now because we're almost done. Okay. Um, this is the because uh, because honestly, you know, before you read that, I have to stop or this show would be like six hours long with everything everybody this submitted. Is true, I know this is cool. Um, so this is an email that says Pendulette's Guide to 2012 Election. Hi, I just stumbled across this and thought you folk might find it interesting. And it's a link, Pendulette, expounding on the merits of various politicians from an atheist skeptical perspective. Pen is a libertarian 
So I don't agree with him on everything, but his perspective on politics and religion is quite well considered. Enjoy. Keep up the good curmudgeonly work. Yes, I don't Rob agree. Havig. I don't agree a lot with uh, with <clears throat> Penn on his political stuff. Everybody but. seems to think that Obama is in his heart an atheist and in his heart a skeptic. I don't think that. The church you belong to in Chicago is a whack job is church. It's about equal to Palin's. Well, that's the thing. I was going to I was going to pause this and say this is uh, 19 and a half minutes long. So we'll do a minute and a half and then I'll put a link up on the yeah. site. How about that? Actually, I can just post this in our group. But yeah, she just put it in the thing. Yeah, but just to give people a taste yeah. if it's something that they're interested in. Church. Granted, he hasn't been as religious as, do we know Do we know off the top of our heads the most religious president in history in terms of references, referencing to God, Calvin references Coolidge. to God, and Clinton, in terms of appearing in churches? Say. Who the most religious president in history was? It's an interesting answer, and I get this information from NPR, so it's probably not slanted in the way you think. <laughs> the most religious president in history, in terms of appearances in churches and mentions of the Bible, was... Clinton. For good reason. Bill Clinton oh, yeah. is the most religious president. I may had. or may not have he watched He beats this. George Bush hands down, <laughs> and he beats Carter, who, you know, was a born-again Christian. He beats him hands down. So Obama yeah, a lot of those mentions does of that, God, too. When I he was mean, getting the 9-11 things, yeah. maybe appropriately, there is that. he read from the Bible. But you have two choices with Obama. You either believe that he is a uh, man of Christ who prays for decisions in the White House, which he said he was, or you think he's a liar. And I'm surprised by the number of atheists, um, free thinkers, that support Obama, and their argument is essentially he's lying about being religious because you have to do that to be elected. Okay, I'm going to stop it there because I think that's a good spot to stop. There's just about a minute and a half, and uh, he goes on for 18 more minutes. Um I don't. I, think, I, I Obama's religion means nothing to me. No, because it's at not all. a factor. What I me. what I appreciate is I put up a video of him where he talks about how we are not a Christian nation. We're not founded on Christian morals or values or anything. Like that. But morals and values are just morals and values. Right. By saying they're Christian morals and values, you are taking the common sense trouble. stuff that we all know. Like I will not punch you in the dick, and you will treat me like a respected human being. That's usually our agreement. Yeah. <laughs> when we met, hey, I'm Frank. Are you going to punch me in the dick? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> and we can be friends. Damn it. You got me. <laughs> Word spreads about me faster than I want it to. But those folks who don't ask. But it's like, it's like, <laughs> fool me once. Those morals have been around for so long. And then it's like, hey, we're just going to write that shit down in our book and claim it as our uh, own. It's like nice, I, nice plagiarism. Punch me in the dick. Fool me once. <laughs> Uh, uh okay we got uh we got the rev yeah i think uh that's all the feedback we got yeah that's um it. but it's, it was a holiday weekend and yeah. all that stuff so um 177 let's do this i do not like where this is going Killer okay, Kwanzaa okay. and Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. That's a new Batman villain. I know, huh? <laughs> oh, shit, here comes Killer, Killer Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. <laughs> uh, oh, racism. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
I forgot about that. Hey there, Chris. And hey also to that, I don't know, other guy on the show. I forget his name now. It's been a while. Fred? Uh, I don't remember. That well, works. you can go fuck yourself with a hammer. Right. I don't want to hear it. I don't know if I even feel like doing this today. <laughs> what do you say, Chris? Let's let's just quit. Screw the show. I'm going to go get penis. <laughs> mm, wasn't going that far, but, uh, you know, to each his own, buddy. And that is something I very much appreciate. And you know, I'm not going to get too in-depth tonight about things on this segment, because honestly, it's prime campaign season. I have a lot to do. Let me start with this, though. If you were get your ass on Facebook, I would appreciate it. Make up names for this segment. Yeah. I think yeah. I may cut it off next week. Ah. The contest, not an appendage. I need to make a decision this month for the new year. I like cock talk. That's nice, Frank. But, but honestly, if I have to make a fake account on Facebook to post my own ideas, I will. Wow, talk about stacking the deck, you fucking pussy. Well, whatever I have to do to get the best segment name I can. That being said, let me move on to a different topic. The end of last week's episode. Oh. After the end music, there was some more music. For the first time ever, we got to hear Chris sing Ring of Fire, not once, but twice. What? I thought it was especially cool that right after they finished the first version of the song, Chris says, Let me repeat that again for the benefit of Reverend Scott. I have to say, <laughs> I thought it was really good, and I'm not fucking around. I've seen every season of American Idol. I know good singing when I hear it. Seriously, no reason to downplay what you did, Chris. I'm glad you posted it up on the podcast. You're welcome, Reverend Scott. Well, I guess I'll keep it remotely short tonight, seeing as though you probably had a lot to cover with Frank on the show. I hope the show is getting better listener results, too, you know, now that you guys have come out of the closet, so to speak. Death penalty for gays. No, not as gay, but as rapists. I don't understand what the fuck this guy's even talking about anymore. Oh, come on, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, have you heard how Frank introduces himself to women now? Hi, I'm going to ask you to help me put this sofa in my van, but I'm really going to kidnap you and rape you. As if that weren't bad enough, you like to joke about it together now. I'm going to rape you. I'm hey, going to hey, beat you. Hey, 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 lady. I gotta fuck something. <laughs> you know what? I'll just leave it at that. Peace and love, guys. So, so uh, what uh, what Christmas present are you most excited to give this year? Well, <laughs> I am eagerly anticipating the dildo to my kids. Oh, that motherfucker. <laughs> oh, that was funny. You know what's funny about that is like that, like just the buildup. It's just like you're just waiting for it. You're waiting for it. And there it is. Oh, cock talk indeed. Oh. Well done, sir. Happy New Year, right? Yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, and thank you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, nice. that was sure. great. <laughs> so, yeah, get on the Facebook group. Uh, yeah. Um, Are you serious? Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I know. But, um, I know the show is it's, it's tough for people to actually like the show, uh, but I would like to get up over 200 people on the Facebook group. That would not be bad. Yeah. I know, I know. We we purposely limit our audience with all the shit we talk about, but maybe we should just become an evangelical Christian right wing show. We could get thousands of people. I know. Oh my god, that would be so funny. Oh, we could do we could do a fake show. We could. You know what? Maybe for the new year. You know what? Maybe for the new year, like one of us do almost like Stephen Colbert does the whole fake right wing guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, and like like I'll take the right wing side, and you, take, you like hold on to the left wing side, and then we'll just debate through the whole year until the elections. Oh man, can you do that? Can huh? you support them? I don't know. It'd be funny. Yeah. You have to think about that. Yeah, it'd be funny because you might get stuck with Ron Paul. I know. 
All right. Um, yeah, get on there and suggest some names for uh, Reverend Scott's show. You don't even have to find the right like link. The, the the first thing that just, I put yeah, up just, just just post it just post for it. the show. Because we need to name his piece. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. Gary. Gary. <laughs> have a great week, kids. Romney. There's nobody else. Unless. Oh, Lord, please no. Santorum has caught fire. His events now overflowing with supporters. He's had a meteoric rise. A Santorum surge. Santorum was considered the longest of long shots. He now has a chance of winning the Iowa caucuses. out of here. <laughs> Santorum. Really? Republicans are going to try every chocolate in the box? Is that, look, look. Here's your candidates. Here's your candidates. Let's call it a, a white man sampler. All right. Here we go here. All right. So you got them all in there. You're going to end up with the plain chocolate. You're going to. That's where you're going to end up. You just are. You tried the Bachman over here. Too many nuts. <laughs> All right. No good. You like the Perry. Oh, the Perry looks great. Oh, look at that. Can you get the Perry over here on that? Oh, look at the Perry. That looks great. But guess what? Almond nougat. Who puts almond nougat in chocolate? You tried all of them. All of them except this one. This is the one you never tried because you know it sucks. This one? That's Santorum. It's the one that has the cherry on the inside. The one you try and pawn off on one of your cousins. Look at it. Look. Look at it. Hey, you see it? Look at it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. My chocolate was alive, and now it's bleeding.
So this is the one you're getting. You're getting Romney in the end. The little messenger boy. There he is right there. Look at that. He's got some, he's got some Santorum on him. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea how hard it is to clean up when you got Santorum on you. <laughs> For the love of God, please do not Google that. <laughs> so that's it. You end up with Romney, the least bad chocolate. And by the way, when you do ultimately end up with Romney, don't try and pretend this is the chocolate you wanted the whole time. <laughs> You're going to be miserable. Not because Romney flip-flops or pretends he's an ordinary fellow just trying to make it in this blue-collar world, but because even Romney's good ideas reek of John Kerry-esque out-of-touchedness. <laughs> Were you awake New Year's Eve? Did you watch the coverage in Times Square? Did you see Mitt Romney bought the space behind the ball in Times Square? That's really smart. Makes perfect business sense. Unless, of course, your business is getting people to like you. <laughs> it's like those uh, uh, ads right above urinals. Your first thought is, wow, that's a great idea. People can't go anywhere. They have to look at it. And your second I thought is, I hate whoever the f*** put this here. <laughs> so that's your guy. Eat up. We'll be right back. End of line.